The New York Times, a former newspaper, has exposed a scurrilous right-wing conspiracy intended to make feminists appear like shrieking, irrational hysterics with no real principles who want you to believe women when they're attacking Republicans and suddenly not believe women when they're attacking Democrats. The conspiracy, by the way, worked like a charm. On Knucklehead Row, the Times op-ed page, the vicious conspiracy was exposed by Susan Faludi, famous for writing the book Backlash, which detailed the, quote, undeclared war against American women, in which American men brutally gave women everything they wanted if they would just pipe down, stop complaining about every little thing, and make some damn dinner already. Faludi wrote an op-ed column which, so help me, I am not making this up, was headlined, Believe All Women is a Right-Wing Trap, How Feminists Got Stuck Answering for a Canard. Faludi says that when Brett Kavanaugh was accused of sexual misbehavior without any proof whatsoever, and feminists stormed the Supreme Court shrieking like irrational banshees, and then wrote article after shrieking irrational article saying they believed Kavanaugh's accuser for no logical reason, and when feminists cornered senators in elevators and shrieked irrationally that not believing Kavanaugh's accuser was like telling all women they were liars, It was conservatives who made the feminists look like shrieking irrational hysterics by rephrasing their slogan, Believe Women, to Believe All Women. Faludi wrote, quote, Now, because of this evil right-wing conspiracy to make us say out loud what we were only implying by our every action, women are stuck believing Tara Reid's accusations about Joe Biden when everyone knows women lie about stuff all the time, or there wouldn't even be a feminist movement in America where we're all spoiled like little princesses, unquote. Then Faludi started crying because men can't stand that and will probably agree to anything to get her to stop. The Times will soon expose other right-wing conspiracies, like the one where conservatives trick them into becoming the New York Times. <laughs> Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hooray, hooray! It makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray! Oh, hooray, hooray! All right, we are looking through at your comments. We're listening to your comments on the Andrew Claven YouTube channel. You want to go on there. We've got... 39,000.4 subscribers. We're trying to get to 40,000 today. If you get to 40,000 today, we will indeed save the Claven. We're looking at your comment. Cars and Cameras says, I subscribed to Daily Wire All Access using code Claven, K-L-V-E-N, and I feel better than I have in years. It saved my life. Now, I just want you to know, there, you, we do want you to subscribe to All Access using my, my name, because they are counting how many. Uh, if you spell it wrong, there is no penalty. Uh, in this life, uh, unfortunately, the penalty goes on in the next life for eternity. Uh, also, you want to get yourself some Raycon wireless earbuds. I have been using them all through the lockdown. I've been listening to book after book on Audible, and I love these things. First of all, they don't look make you look like an insect. They're incredibly comfortable, and and they look nice. They look nice, and they also block out sound, so you get much better tone. I find you get really better tone, better bass sound, uh, just a much clearer sound from 
ear wireless earbuds from Raycon. You know their earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing as the other top audio brands. And their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet, with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating now is the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Clavin. That's buyraycon.com slash Clavin for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash Clavin. They also have really easy controls. If you tap them twice, they'll tell you how do you spell Clavin. Uh, they'll just like tell you. Comes right over the headset. So, as I predicted he would about a zillion times, Attorney General Bill Barr is now saying that neither Barack Obama nor Joe Biden are likely to face criminal charges in the Obamagate scandal. And we're going to co- take a closer look at all this in just a minute. But first, I want to explain why I think this is very good news. I intensely disliked the presidency of Barack Obama. I thought it was incompetent and anti American, and it was corrupt in the usual way of Chicago Democrats using patronage and race mongering to push a power-hungry agenda and misusing instruments of power to silence political opponents. But unless a president commits some truly criminal wrongdoing, it's destabilizing to a republic to have its leaders criminally prosecuted. After all, when was the last time we had a Republican president who wasn't accused of war crimes or a Democrat president who wasn't accused of treason? We could jail all of them if we had a mind to, and they'd probably deserve it. And the Democrats would probably do it, too. After all, President Gerald Ford got voted out of office because he pardoned Nixon for his petty misdemeanors. And Joe Biden has already said he won't pardon Donald Trump if he ever finds a way out of the basement and gets elected president. It's also the Democrats who mainstreamed extreme accusations. They're the ones who called people racist and hateful over every disagreement. And with the rise of Donald Trump, conservatives have upped their game and started slinging extreme insults right back at them. So they started it, and now we're even. But somewhere along the line, someone has got to stop or we'll lose everything we care about. You can't have a democratic republic in which the parties can't stand to lose an election for fear of being carted off to the Huskow. Extreme language and accusations mainstreamed by the Democrats, encouraged by the media, and now equaled by Republicans are harmful to rational thinking, open debate, and the peaceful transfer of power. Who benefits from that? Media, deep state, and corporate elites who don't want ordinary people to govern themselves. Annoying as it is, sanity and restraint are weapons in the war for freedom. All right, don't forget, tomorrow is the mailbag. You want to go on dailywire.com and subscribe. Then you want to scream like that. Then you want to hit the podcast button at the Andrew Claven podcast. There's a little mailbag symbol. Hit that. You can ask me any question you want. Politics, religion, your personal life. All my answers are guaranteed 100% correct and will change your life. Will they change it for the better? <laughs> How the hell do I know? Just tune in and you'll find out. You know, I'm, today I'm going to talk about something that actually sometimes chokes me up. So if I choke up, you'll just have to send me over to Brian Stelter and we'll put on uh, checkered onesies together and drink hot chocolate together. But I want to talk about the American heart. Uh, the American heart, you know, there's always conservatives are afraid of leftism and there's good reason to fear leftism. It's radical. It's enslaving. It's got a lot of cultural power. It's teaching our young people stupid stuff. 
But a lot of times it just gets stopped by the American heart. The American heart does not exist anywhere else. I lived in England where it comes closest, but it's not there. It's not in all the other countries that we like. The American heart is special. It has a special commitment to free speech, a special commitment to freedom. You know, I hear groipers, the guys on the, who call themselves the alt-right, I hear them saying, oh, you know, like, what about demographics? Demographics are going to change and then we'll lose America. And I tell them all the time, it's nonsense. I'm in favor I'm in favor of slow, legal immigration in order to allow full assimilation, right? But I have no fear. I have no fear that bodies of different colors can't hold the American heart. People of different kinds of sexuality can hold the American heart. That's why so often when people, when right-wingers and left-wingers are panicking and screaming, I don't panic and scream because my my faith, my faith is in the American heart. It is still there. It is still strong. And right now, what we're seeing is an amazing, amazing thing that our law dogs, our cops from the very top, Bill Barr, our top cop, down to the street cops who are being asked to enforce un illegal lockdown orders are showing the American heart and they are thwarting these efforts of petty tyrants like Bill de Blasio, petty tyrants like Eric Garcetti in LA, petty tyrants like Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. They are thwarting it by not enforcing those on the ground. The American heart enforces the real law, which is the Constitution and the law of American freedom. You know, people, I hear people on the right saying, oh, Twitter has the right to censor people because, uh, you know, they're, a, they're an independent, they're not the government, they're an independent industry. No. You have to have the American heart. And if you're in America and you're making money off America, you got to express the American heart in your business and defend free speech. And that's what's happening. And it is a very, very beautiful thing. Let's take a look. I want to take a look, a closer look at some of the stuff that Bill Barr has said uh, in this recent speech he made. And let, we'll begin uh, with this clip. Uh, this is clip number, uh, I lost it. It's uh, six, I think. Um, where he says, yeah, there are six, uh, where he talks about what the way he's investigating Obamagate. The criminal justice system will not be used for uh, partisan political ends. And this is especially true uh, for the upcoming elections in, in November. We live in a very divided country right now, and I think that it is critical that we have an election where the American people are allowed to make a decision, a choice between President Trump and Vice President Biden based on a robust debate of policy issues. And we cannot allow this process to be hijacked by efforts to drum up criminal investigations uh, of either candidate. And I'm committed that this election will be conducted without this kind of interference. Any effort to pursue an investigation of either candidate has to be approved by me. Okay, so that's your, what you just saw was a double slap, a slap to the left and a slap to the right, the American heart being expressed by a law dog, our top law dog, which is really important as it hasn't been expressed for eight years of the Obama administration. He is telling the left 
that what they did to Trump was wrong. And we'll get back to that in a minute. But he's telling the left that what they did, the investigations of Trump, the criminalizing of Trump. The, I mean, today they're making a scandal out of the Trump, uh, out of the fact that Trump is taking that malaria medicine. It's like don't, we're not going to talk about it on the show because I only have one life and I'm not going to waste it on garbage. They make a scandal out of everything. They try. Adam Schiff tries to investigate everything, constantly calling for impeachment, impeachment over that Ukraine thing, which I told you was a nonsense from the very minute it started. But he's also telling Donald Trump that he will not be used by the Trump administration to further its political ends. And who do we think of when we see that? We think of James Comey. And he is telling you that the James Comey era is over because it's is enough of that airy fairy, I'm, I'm uh, the sacred mind who is going to control all things that we got from James Comey. I'm the sacred conscience. And we're just back to the American heart, freedom and the rule of law. And this is happening on the street, too. I want you to compare this uh, to Bill de Blasio, who was talking about the fact that New Yorkers, people in New York, were going out to the beach. They're going out to the beach and they're going swimming. And this is what he said to them. Fencing will be there. But it won't be implemented at first. We're hoping everyone just listens to the rules, follows the rules. No swimming, no sports, no gatherings, no parties. You know, just common sense. Observe social distancing. If you walk on the beach, remember, don't go in the water. You're not supposed to go in the water. It's a dangerous situation to ever go in the water when there's not lifeguards present. So there'll be a constant reminder of that. If anyone tries to get in the water, they'll be taken right out of the water. By whom? There are no lifeguards. <laughs> what a thug. What a thug. What a lazy. Luckily, de Blasio is so lazy that he doesn't enforce half the things he says. So in New Jersey, they've got this incredible lockdown stuff. This is in New Jersey, where, by the way, where the governor sent, did what Andrew Cuomo did and sent old people back in, who were sick back into the nursing homes. So there was a massive death toll in the nursing homes. Cuomo did it. Uh, the governor of New Jersey did it. The governor of Florida didn't do it. And the numbers show that he saved the lives of a lot of those old people because there, there are lots and lots of old folks in the nursing homes in Florida. And only, I think, 750 of them died compared to thousands in New York and New Jersey. So in Camden, a gym, the Atlas Health Spa, opened up to violate the lockdown and protesters showed up and the cops were called. And here's the confrontation. And this is what chokes me up because this is the American heart in action. The cops show up to address the protesters. And what I love, what I love is the American protesters telling other protesters to be quiet and let the police officer speak. And then what the officer says. We are and we're only here for everybody's safety today. We plan for the worst, hope for the best, and it seems like that's what we have out here today. Yeah. Formally, you are all in violation of the executive order. On that note, on that note, have a good day. Everybody be safe. <laughs> I love it. You're formally, you're all in violation of the executive order. Have a good day. That's the American heart because he knows, he knows that he in that situation is the law. And so he enforces the real law, not some bogus executive order that the guy probably doesn't have the right to make anyway. He does he in, in uh, instead enforces the real American law, which is freedom, and he walks away and he does his job. It's an amazing thing. And here is the police chief in San Jose, Eddie Garcia, who basically explains why he can enforce these stupid lockdown orders. Incredibly frustrating. 
uh, you know, since this began, uh, it seems like the goalposts are not just moving for our community, but for law enforcement. Uh, since day one, these orders have been ridiculously difficult to enforce. But now, I don't understand. I don't know how any police chief uh, in this county can look at their community in the face and say, while people are being released out of jails on zero bail, serious criminals, that now we're going to stop people from holding signs, driving around, and wishing individuals happy birthdays or happy graduations. I, I, I don't understand. I certainly can't look at my community credibly and tell them that. I love it. I just love it. Remember I told you when they busted that lady for taking her kid to the park, I said a police officer has to use his mind and think, wait a minute, I'm arresting a mom for taking her kid to the park. Something is wrong here. You've got to use it. It doesn't matter if he's, she's shouting. doesn't matter if she's an activist. You've got to think to yourself, wait a minute, is this America? Am I enforcing the American rule of law or am I enforcing some random thing that somebody who just happens to be in office happened to say, right? This is a guy explaining to you. And so when Trump supports these people, when he supports the protesters, the media who have lost the American heart, the media who have lost their American hearts, they come out and this is what they say. This is Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar on The View talking about the fact that President Trump supports the protesters. Does it surprise you, Joy? <laughs> does it, nothing that he ever does, that you know who does, Nothing just surprises me. I'm not certainly not surprised by this, because let's not forget uh, when he called white supremacists and neo-Nazis in Charlottesville great people, quote unquote. Um, you know, it's his M.O. to destroy the press because the press will tell you the truth and the truth hurts him uh, in his reelection plan. And, you know, he's worried. He's very worried. You can't handle the truth. It, she says the press will tell you the truth after lying about what Trump said. Trump never said that Nazis in Charlottesville were great people. He never said it. He said specifically, I am not saying that, but it doesn't matter. They spread the lies because they've lost it. They have lost it. Listen, I, I just want to compare this to uh, Judge Napolitano over at uh, Fox. Judge Napolitano has been fair. He has attacked Trump when he thought Trump was wrong. He just follows the rule of law. Here's what he says about this. All of these lockdown orders are without lawful authority, they're unconstitutional, they violate the Bill of Rights, they interfere with our freedom of religion, our freedom of travel, our right to privacy, our freedom of speech, our freedom of assembly. I could just go right down the line. And we need more people to resist these unlawful incursions into freedom by the governors. Now, the clip you just ran of the governor of Wisconsin, he's right. He lost this battle. He didn't even follow the law. The law in Wisconsin says if you want to shut things down for more than uh, 28 days, you have to get the consent of the legislature. He didn't do it. As we slept, the Oregon Supreme Court has put a stay on that ruling. It was a trial court judge in Oregon who said to the governor, you can't do this until they hear it. Prediction, they will rule the same way as the trial court did. Governors are without authority to stop everything from happening. This, I mean, this is the thing. The cops are enforcing the rule of law. They're not enforcing these random, lawless executive orders. That they, they're do, not doing them right. They got one struck down in Oregon as well. I wish I could mention, seriously, I mean, a sheriff, James Mendrick, in DuPage County, Illinois, uh, he went on Facebook uh, and says, I can't do this anymore. I stand with our citizens and businesses of DuPage County who have offered no trouble and no resistance to any rule we put upon them, no matter how strange. He says, I'm not a stormtrooper. I'm here. To, I'm a peacekeeper. I wish I could name every cop out there 
every cop out there who's doing that. But I know it's the American heart. I know it's out there and I know it protects us. It's the only thing that does protect us when these guys lose their way. And a lot of them have. All right. Let us talk about uh, NetSuite because I know this is the time when you got to be paying attention to your business. And you know, this is when you really have to make changes. You have to eliminate some things. You have to modify your business. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Everybody's thinking about it. What do I want to do differently? What am I going to do differently in the future? What do I not have to do that I did before? NetSuite helps you get all the numbers you need and all the facts you need about your business so you can make those decisions intelligently, right? All you need is NetSuite by Oracle. It's the world's number one cloud business system, finance, HR, inventory, e-commerce, everything you need all in one place. So you save time, money, and headaches. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite gives you visibility and control so you can manage every penny with Precision. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to go faster with confidence. Receive a free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash Clavin. Free guide and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash Clavin. Netsuite.com slash Clavin. The first thing you got to know when you want to run your business is how do you spell Clavin? There are no easy <laughs> it's true. I just I just make it look fantastically easy. Let us go back now. So this goes down. This is out on the street. This is sheriffs in their offices. This is police chiefs. Uh, you know, it is up the line with our law officers and goes right up to the top to Bill Barr, who is with Mike Pompeo, one of the best guys in this administration. And and Trump, you know, they say Trump fires anybody who disagrees with him. But Barr has stood up to Trump and said what needs to be said to him when it needs to be said. And And remember, well, uh, let me let me play what's happening first. First of all, Barr says this is the thing that made the big news. OK, and then we're going to get to the thing that's the real news. Barr said that he is not going to be uh, prosecuting Obama, uh, Obama and Biden. This is cut number nine. I have a general idea of how Mr. Durham's investigation is going. And as I have indicated, some aspects of the matter are being examined as potential crimes. But we have to bear in mind what the Supreme Court recently reminded us of in the Bridgegate case. As the court said there, there's a difference between an abuse of power and a federal crime. Not every abuse of power, no matter how outrageous, is necessarily a federal crime. Now, as to President Obama and Vice President Biden, whatever their level of involvement, based on the information I have today, I don't expect Mr. Durham's work will lead to a criminal investigation of either man. So he's talking about this Bridgegate uh, Supreme Court decision, really important and excellent uh, decision. Uh, it was nine nothing. It was nine nothing. And again, American heart, right? Because we know some of these guys are liberal. Some of them forget where they are. Some of them conservative on our side. But still, a nine nothing decision. Uh, basically saying that a conviction in this Bridgegate scandal, what happened was uh, the mayor of Fort Lee, New Jersey, Mike Sokolich, uh, refused, he was a Democrat and he refused to endorse Chris Christie's reelection bid. Okay. So they caused a traffic jam on, on the George Washington Bridge, the bridge from Manhattan into New Jersey. They caused a massive, massive tie up uh, and uh, because, you know, just on a ridiculous, on a ridiculous excuse. They just caused this time to punish the guy in Fort Lee, New Jersey. They were convicted for it. And the Supreme Court said, no, you know, this is 
dirty politics. It's naughty. It's bad. But this is not, not a federal crime. This is ridiculous. And that's the same thing that Bill Barr is saying, that what Obama did, uh, and, and really, it was, it was ugly and it was disgusting, but he's saying it doesn't look to him right now like it was a federal crime. And I, I have to say, I, I think that I've told you that the guy I think uh, is uh, vulnerable to federal charges is probably Peter Strzok. It looks to me like he, he doctored documents to make sure Flynn went away, but we don't know everything yet because the Flynn part of this is just a little tiny uh, peak of the iceberg. This, I, this whole Russia investigation was bogus. And so Trump reacts to this, and this is cut Ten. This is Trump. Uh, he wants to see Obama do the perk walk. Perk walk. Well, I think if it was me, they would do it. I think uh, for them, maybe they're not going to. I don't know. I'm surprised because uh, Obama knew everything that was happening. I don't think ba- Obama knows where he, where he, uh, you know, is in a lot of ways. I saw his statements the other day, and I think that, frankly, they weren't very good. It's President Obama. Uh, as far as uh, Biden's concerned, I can't that I can't tell you. Only he knows what he knows. I don't think he knows too much. But I think Obama and Biden knew about it. Uh, they were participants. But uh, uh, so I'm a little surprised by that statement. I don't think he said it quite the way you said it. I think he said as of this moment, I guess. But if it was me, I guarantee they'd be going after me. Uh, in his case, uh, they're not. So I think it's just a continuation of a double standard. I'm surprised by it. So, so Trump is right. It is a double standard, but it's the right standard. In other words, what Barr is doing is right and what the left did was wrong. And we want our guys to do the right thing, even though we sometimes have to eat the double standard. You know, and, and by the way, you know, I, I saw I saw right wingers and some of them uh, guys I really respect attacking Trump yesterday for calling this Obamagate and then saying, well, the reason that made news out of the fact that they weren't going to prosecute Obama because Trump had amped it up to the idea of being Obamagate. Nonsense. That is brilliant politics. That's what Scott Adams, uh, the cartoonist, talks about when he talks about persuasion. Obama will now be Obamagate forever. He's President Obamagate. It was a brilliant, brilliant label. And it doesn't matter if people are rushing to defend Obama and all this stuff. He is. This is Obamagate. It should be called Obamagate because Trump is right. They obviously knew Trump. Obama obviously knew what his minions were doing. But that still makes it dirty politics. We cannot we cannot criminalize politics. Politics is a dirty business. It's a bare knuckle game. You know, I know we go out and you chant, lock them up, lock them up. In fact, in fact, you do not want your presidents locked up. You don't want high level officials locked up unless it's truly a criminal action. I mean, if it's truly a criminal action, if they send out somebody to assassinate, you know, their uh, opposition or whatever, if it's truly a criminal action, of course, you have to prosecute it. The rule of law applies to everybody. But Political nonsense and political dirty politics is not necessarily a federal crime. And that's the thing. So so you can't let Trump. So Barr is saying, I, look, I'm not going to be pushed by Trump into doing what's wrong, but I'm not going to let the left shut me down. And the left is doing everything it can, everything it can to shut Barr down. They are uh, demonizing him. They're calling him uh, the poodle of Trump. He's obviously the exact opposite. Obviously, Bill Barr is the exact opposite of Trump's poodle because he's doing just the right thing. And Kim Strassel, by the way, you know, Kim Strassel has pointed out that as much as they uh, as much as they attack um as much as they attack Bill Barr, they don't attack the guys who are actually doing the investigating. And the reason they don't attack the guys who are doing the investigating is because they're peerless and nobody can attack them. They're guys who've been in the business for a long time and they haven't, there's nothing against them. There's nothing they can say against them. Barr too. There's no reason. There's no reason 
to attack him. The guy has just been an exemplary public servant, and he's been an exemplary public servant now, even though Trump is right. Even though Trump is right, and you might be biting your knuckles and saying, oh, Clavin, we've got a jail. You don't want it. You don't want it. You want to stay free. In order to stay free, we have to have free and fair elections. In order to have free and fair elections, we have to let our public officials know that we're not going to jail them just because they did something scurrilous like Obama did. But So that made the news. That made the news that Obama's not going to be prosecuted, okay? Big news. The pre- former president of the United States is not going to, to the Huskow. He's not going to Gray Bar. He's not going to be put behind bars. So good for Obamagate. He's, you know, president, former President Obamagate is not going to be, you know, behind bars like the guy in the Monopoly game. Uh, that's good for him. But here, here is what Bill Barr really said. Uh, and here is the actual important stuff. This is cut number seven. What happened to the president, and I've said this many times, what happened to the president in the 2016 election and throughout the first two years of his administration was abhorrent. It was a grave injustice and it was unprecedented in American history. The law enforcement and intelligence apparatus of this country were involved in advancing a false and utterly baseless Russian collusion narrative against the president. The proper investigative and prosecutive standards of the Department of Justice were abused, in my view, in order to reach a particular result. We saw two different standards of justice emerge, one that applied to President Trump and his associates, and the other that applied to everybody else. Now, strangely, the press went absolutely deaf to those statements. Just didn't hear him. I know, didn't I? Did you hear that? I didn't hear him say anything. It's just his mouth was moving, but no words were coming out. That didn't make the papers at all, okay? But that, and this is from a guy who says he has a general idea of what uh, John Durham is doing and what his investigation is saying, that is genuinely damning. It really does show you Barack Obama, as I believe he is. I believe he's a bare-knuckle Chicago Paul who forced power-grabbing left-wing uh, policies into place by race-baiting and by misusing the weapons of power. That's what Obama did. And meanwhile, was a massive incompetence so that everything he actually touched went bad. He was just like a Chicago Democrat. He was just like a Chicago mayor who's got people shooting one another and meanwhile is making speeches about how nice, how much he loves black people. I mean, that, that really is who Obama was. But this is how the American heart works, okay? If, if our press still had an American heart, this would be the story they were covering because they would say it violates the principle of America. They would say the press would just have the heart to say, OK, maybe he shouldn't be thrown in prison. Maybe it's not a federal crime. But this violates the essential idea of America. It violates the way we have elections. It violates the way we treat voters. It violates the way we treat our public officials, even when they're a little bit eccentric like like Trump. It's a violation. And so I'm going to go after it and expose it. And instead, they've turned a blind eye. They've done a cover up. The press has become Watergate. The press has become Richard Nixon. They have become what they beheld. All right. Let us talk a little bit about ExpressVPN. You know, since I got uh, ExpressVPN, I got ExpressVPN because Knowles should get ExpressVPN. I looked at him. I said, this guy looks like a total bozo, but actually he's kind of making sense. And in fact, ExpressVPN does make sense. You put it on. It takes seconds to put on your computer and then it protects your information. And that is really important. And since the time I started using it, hacking methods have grown even more uh, sophisticated. 
ExpressVPN gives you the best online protection possible. I've been talking about this on my show for so long now that you already understand why encrypting your network data is so important, but some of you still haven't gotten one. Get one. You might be thinking that security threats don't affect you personally, but not using ExpressVPN is like leaving your front door unlocked every time you go out. Most times you won't get robbed, but sure enough, if you do, it's not good. Why haven't you got ExpressVPN yet? Visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash, wait for it, Claven, and get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Protect your internet today with the VPN I trust to keep my data safe. That's expressvpn.com slash Claven. And I know you're thinking, it's too hard. It's too hard. How do I spell Claven? I don't know. It's it's V-A-N. And you're going to need that. You're going to need that information. Kale, I'm not just giving you useless information. You'll need this when you go to go to your all-access membership at the Daily Wire for your double tumbler. You want two of these, right? Because one of them, here's one and here's another. You want two of them. First of all, they're just worth, they're so valuable. They're solid gold. They're diamond encrusted. And if you have two of them, you can see that they're so, they're, they're rare, the rarest kind of solid gold, diamond encrusted tumbler in not being solid gold or diamond encrusted. But you want two of those leftist tumblers. You want the all access membership. It's our premier level of membership. You get to participate in all access live, our brand new interactive programming. I'm doing one tomorrow. It's Wednesday. Yep. I'll do one tomorrow. Uh, and you'll be able to get in the mailbag and get all your questions answered, and you will be able to drink with both hands, which I've been doing throughout the lockdown. So head over to dailywire.com slash subscribe to join all access. But, but you want to get 15% off with coupon code Claven right now. And it's important because if you don't put in Claven, they're counting how many hosts, how many subscriptions come from which host. And if Knowles gets more than me, your prices go up. We will actually charge you every time somebody subscribes to Knowles, everybody gets charged. Everybody gets punished because we don't know. We don't know who's doing it. So everyone has to be punished. But if you use K-L-A-V-A-N, it's 15% off with coupon code. We're going to be talking. Nothing I say is true, except you do get the 15% off. We are going to be talking to the wonderful Catherine Engelbrecht about uh, keeping your vote safe coming right up. All right. Catherine Engelbrecht is founder and the president of True the Vote. Their mission is to restore America's confidence in our electoral process by making sure our elections are protected from fraud and exploitation right now. That is an extremely, extremely important mission. Catherine, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. That's good to see. You know, we met uh, once at a party at the Snow's House in Santa Barbara. You don't remember, but we shook hands briefly. Oh, Uh, my (laughs) word. Boy, <laughs> those were the days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, so this is a subject <laughs> on which conservatives are are particularly paranoid. They are very paranoid that our votes are going to be stolen, our elections are going to be stolen. Is their paranoia warranted? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> this is this. Look, I think this could be the end game. I mean, this there 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 has been a a plan afoot for decades to inch our process forward um to collapse that's it's 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 engineered chaos and we are seeing it writ large this cycle where under the sort of fog of covid pushing universal ballots uh, universal mail in ballots um with, knowing full well that our system cannot turn on a dime like this they are counting on chaos to rule so that they can litigate and and 
set the traps for the federalization of elections. Um, it's this is it's this is this is bad. So what, what does that mean, the federalization of elections? So if you look at Nancy Pelosi's um, recent litigation, recent litigation, recent legislation, sorry, recent legislation, um, even the very first bill that was put out this session, HB1, um, lays out the the need for federal government to be able to come into the states and take control of the process. Um, in fact, when she was commenting on this third CARES stimulus where they're going to try to get some, you know, nearly $4 billion, uh, she used the trigger word uh, critical infrastructure, that we've got to protect our critical infrastructure. And to me, what I heard in that was was reminiscent of when Jay Johnson came out in 2017 as head of DHS and said, we have to put elections under critical infrastructure so that if we are you know, subject to foreign invasion or we have problems with our grid, we can come in and take over. I I believe those words were used intentionally, and I think we're we're careening towards that path because they are going to inject so much chaos in the coming months. We're seeing every every state that is now trying to push its way to mail-in, I mean, one after the next, there are problems. And 2020 November is going to be huge. This is going to be a, it's going to be a nightmare. Why, why is mail-in more dangerous than just ordinary voting? I mean, can't the vote be tampered with anywhere? It's a great question. So yes, you can have bad actors anywhere and our and our process is vulnerable. But when you think about mail-in in particular, it is the least secure way to cast your vote. And, and, and there are a number of reasons for that. First is that the same groups that are suing states now to push mail-ins are, are those same groups that have been suing states to prevent them from cleaning their voter rolls or passing voter ID. So so ironically, so what's what? So the first step in all of this is that when they go to mail in, they are going to send ballots to a list that, based on our research, is usually around 20 percent wrong. So mm. factor in all of these, you know, sleeper cells of ballots that are going to be able to be harvested, which is another issue. These vote harvestings that are, you know, they're they're acorn, but on the ballot side. And they're going to be able to pick up the ballots and distribute the ballots. And there again, you know, that that exposes. In, in fact, it's it, that particular piece it exposes our most vulnerable population to manipulation, to uh, uh, abuse. I mean, it's a that piece alone is is, is troubling. Um, past that, the same groups that are suing for mail-in are also suing to pull back security provisions. So they're saying, well, we don't want to have signature verification. And, you know, if they come in after election day, that should count too. And because these are suing, you know, sort of friendly suing and settle lawsuits, it's just, they're dropping like dominoes. And, um, you know, past that, you've got the fact that we're, we're basing the whole delivery system, distribution system on a, on a federal agency that's about to go bankrupt. Um, I mean, my my mail, I don't know if you've noticed this, but my mail during this whole pandemic has been less than reliable. And now we're going to we're going to entrust uh, the decision of who runs our country uh, to our postman who can't get the ballots necessarily on time or to the right location. Um, there's no assistance available. I, mean, I could I could really go on and on and on. There are so many problems with this. 
it is so apparent. Now, make make no mistake, there are reasons. Well, I'm not against mail-in, right? There there are reasons you should be able to um, have the the opportunity to vote mail-in if you are infirm or if you are out of the you know out of the state, um, if you are uh, elderly, and that's a better mechanism for you. Then there are you know states allow those reasons, but to just uh, you know, case in point, the Virginia governor declared everybody in the state disabled. And that way, he opened up this loophole to push mail-in ballots out to everyone. And um, and so what we're doing is we're suing these states to try to stop this process from going any further than it already has. And then on the other side of it, we're training volunteers to be ready to work in those mail-in ballot review boards because it's, it's going to be a tsunami. And... Um, for all the people that think, oh, mail it's just going to be so much more convenient, be careful. You cannot trade convenience for security. The most secure way to cast your vote is in person on Election Day. You know, uh, one of the things that always bothers me about this, I, I cannot I, I'm, I don't believe that Republicans are inherently better people than Democrats. That doesn't make sense to me. And yet this seems to be a problem almost entirely on the Democrat side. Do Democrats cheat more than the Republicans? You know, I'm like you. I mean, I, th- th- at the end of the day, this is about free and fair for everyone. Um, when you read the headlines, it would certainly seem to indicate that Democrats are more involved than Republicans in these kinds of shenanigans. There's no question now that it's the Democrat um, contingent that's pushing where, where I believe pushing towards implosion of the process, which is very intentional. Um, you know, but th- but I think those are sort of the politicos and power brokers. I'd like to believe that the the rank and file Democrat or Republican, just American citizens, ev- we just want our, our votes to count. You know, and and met, let the best man or woman win. Just let it be fair. And um, but but there's such a disconnect. With citizens have forgotten. I think that we run the elections. That they are they are for us. They're not for the government. And. Um, as a result, we've let a lot of things get away from us over the years. And, and, you know, the chickens may come home to roost this November. You you got into this business, as I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, you got into this business because Obama basically uh, shut you down using the IRS during his reelection campaign. Is that do I remember that properly? Well, it's sort of the flip of it, actually. Um, but yes, you're, you're recalling it correctly. The, the catalyst, though, for the targeting that I you know, went through with the alphabet soup of agencies under the Obama administration, that the, the catalyst for that was starting true the vote. Uh, I started, I, I filed for 501c3 nonprofit status uh, with the IRS. And within two months, I had been sued three times. Um, the FBI was starting to show up at our meetings. I mean, it was crazy. And, um, you know, you know, you, you, you draw the most fire when you're over the target. Uh, so you you started I, I didn't remember it that way. You started an organization meant on making sure we have free and fair elections and the FBI started to investigate you. Oh, my, I mean, it was it was the FBI and then and then the IRS personally doing audits and uh, DOJ was was getting involved. And um, I mean, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, OSHA, you name it. They all came in, in a 23-month, excuse me, in an 18-month period, I had 23 different audits or investigations of, of my personal and, and professional life. But prior to filing that 501c3 application with the IRS, nada, nothing. Wow. Wow. So that's, that's amazing. Statistically, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. It's just, uh, that's it's outrageous. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Catherine Engelbrecht, the founder and the president of True the Vote uh, to restore America's confidence in our electoral process. I, I thank you uh, very much for what you're doing. And you almost made me change my mind about whether... <laughs> whether Obama should go to jail or not. Uh, I've been thinking that maybe you didn't break the law, but that's that's pretty bad. I'm, I'm glad you're out there, Catherine. Uh, I hope you'll come back and talk again. At any time. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thanks a lot. All right, I'm going to end with a final reflection. I'm not sure I've talked about this before, but if I have, I want to talk about it again. Uh, there's a show on uh, that I've seen only the first season of, and it's really a half season because it came on uh, late. It was a, a, a midterm, midseason replacement, but it's one of Dick Wolf's uh, sh new shows about Chicago. And one of them is Chicago PD, uh, which is, it's a network show. And so everybody in it is gorgeous. Like, I don't know why everybody in the network shows has to be absolutely beautiful, but everybody in it is gorgeous. And it's got a couple of things. It's a little softer than you get on cable, but it's pretty tough. And it's kind of based a little bit on the shield. It's about a cop who really, really walks the line. And it has got some great tough stuff in it. Uh, and it has also got this tremendous actor uh, named, I, I think it's, it, I'm not sure how I pronounce his name. I think it is uh, Jason Beghay. Is that his name? Um, and uh, he plays the Hank Voigt, who is runs this division. And he is just an old style polit uh, Chicago cop who will, in fact, kill you. If you, for instance, shoot at a cop, he will take you out and kill you. And he has done it before, and he threatens to do it again, and he's very tough. And it is a great performance. The character's name is Hank Voigt. The actor's name is Jason Bighay, I believe it's pronounced. And the funny thing about this guy, well, let's play a little cut of him uh, telling what Voigt's law is. I was thinking about something. See, a long time ago, they told me those little statues of justice are blindfolded so she can, what is it? Uh, so she can remain impartial. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking I'm glad she's blindfolded because there are times I got to do things she wouldn't want to see. <laughs> I love this. And I love the voice. I got to do things he wouldn't want to see. The thing about this guy is he is like an upper class private school kid who was a model and all this stuff. People must think he's that character because it's such a good it's such a good performance. It is really worth watching. I'm finding it enormously entertaining. I'm worried they're going to soften it as they go on because it is a network show. But for the first half season, uh, which is the first season, uh, it really was good. I have to say, really uh, a terrific Dick Wolf show and one of the, his best in years, Chicago PD. All right, I got to stop there. Tomorrow is the mailbag. All your problems solved. If you're a subscriber, if not, you're screwed. So subscribe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> subscribe using my name as your code. And I will see you tomorrow. I'm Andrew Clavin. This is The Andrew Clavin Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review. And also tell your friends to subscribe, too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knowles Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. And our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. 
Assistant Director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup is by Jessua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental. And that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Listen.